the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia sustains a blow as Ukraine sinks a Russian cruiser. It's going to have an impact on their capabilities, certainly in the near term. Ron DeSantis bans abortions after 15 weeks. We are here today to defend those who can't defend themselves. Inflation may be impacting your tax bracket. Those taxes you were told you were protected by because they're only affecting the rich. After a while, that's you. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, April 15th. I'm Mike Scott. The Russian military sustained a major blow Thursday when the flagship of that country's Black Sea Fleet was badly damaged and its crew evacuated. Ukrainian officials say their forces hit the vessel with Neptune missiles, while Russia acknowledged a fire on board that ship, but no attack. The loss of the cruiser would be a major military setback and a devastating symbolic defeat for Moscow as its troops regroup for a renewed offensive in eastern Ukraine after retreating from much of the north, including the capital. At a news conference, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says the U.S. at this moment cannot confirm that a Ukrainian missile strike hit the Russian ship. We do believe uh, that there was a significant explosion on this cruiser, the Moskva. Kirby says it's unclear whether the Russian cruiser is still able to move on its own. This morning, uh, we had assessed that the ship was underway under its own power. We are no longer able to make that certainty uh, today, uh, this afternoon. Uh, We're not exactly uh, sure that the ship is actually still able to make its own way. Kirby does say the U.S. believes there was a significant explosion on that Russian cruiser, but exactly what happened remains unclear. We cannot confirm Uh, the Ukrainian reports that it was hit uh, by a missile, but we are also not in a position to refute that, uh, that it could have been uh, a Ukrainian missile uh, which struck the ship. Kirby says it's unknown what toll losing the cruiser would take on the Russian Navy. It's basically designed for air defense. That's that's what this ship is designed to do, not unlike our own cruisers. Um, So it's going to have an impact on their capabilities, certainly in the near term. Whether it has an impact on their naval capabilities in the long term is just uh, uh, just unclear uh, right now. Former Missouri Senator Jim Talent, a senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss the latest in Russia's war with Ukraine and the U.S. defense budget. When asked about what the sinking of the Russian ship means for the war, Talent had this opinion. Well, what it shows us is the capabilities of anti-ship cruise missiles, which the Chinese, of course, know very well. They have the biggest arsenal by far of them uh, anywhere, which is the reason we're so concerned about getting our aircraft carriers too close uh, to Taiwan in the event of a conflict there. So, yeah, I mean, they're extremely effective. 
Um, that's going to reduce the ability, the integrated air defenses the Russians have in southern Ukraine. Talon also says it remains to be seen if Russia can actually hold on to the southern part of Ukraine. I mean, we're into the third phase of the war now. I mean, the, the Russians lost the first two. Uh, they wanted to decapitate the government. That didn't happen. Uh, they wanted to uh, take uh, Kiev through a, a more typical combined arms operation. That went nowhere. And now the issue is, can they solidify and hold on to their position in the Donbass, or can the Ukrainians push them out? And we're going to see in the coming weeks and months. The former Missouri senator laments the current state of our own U.S. defense budget. Well, I'll tell you what's not going to do it is the defense budget that retires 24 ships while it's buying nine. The defense budget that cuts the F-35 by, now that's a different service, but it's the only active fifth-generation fighter line we have, and we should we, we weren't buying enough as it was. So, I, look, I would say that, uh, that this, if, if there was one thing that I, that I could have in Indo-PACOM that we don't have, uh, it's it's as many anti-ship, uh, long-range or intermediate-range cruise missiles as we can get and we can base there. Because if we can threaten Chinese targets the way they now threaten our targets, now you have a substantial deterrent. While Talon is dismayed that the Navy is cutting ships, he's hopeful of the supremacy of U.S. submarines. The undersea domain is still an advantage for us is because our attack submarines are the best in the world, and they're a deadly platform. We don't even know where they are a lot of the times. Now, the Chinese are getting better at anti-submarine warfare, but we still have a decided advantage. Talent goes on to describe how inflation is also impacting the military. Because inflation is so high, we're talking double-digit increases in the defense budget. I don't like it, but you know, def- uh, inflation is where it is. And, you know, we can't even keep up with personnel costs at this rate. So they're going to have to do it. I think the Congress is going to increase. I don't think there's any question in my mind that the Congress is going to increase the defense budget. But they have to be decisive and it has to be sustained. Starving in Shanghai, where China is in the grip of its first significant outbreak of COVID-19 in two years, prompting a government-mandated lockdown of multiple cities, as part of its zero-COVID strategy. Many of Shanghai's 26 million residents are facing food shortages due to the Chinese Communist Party's strict COVID lockdowns. Shanghai residents across the city are scrambling for food as empty grocery shelves, unreliable government provisions, and strained food delivery services make it hard to secure enough to eat. CNN's Rodrigo Zidane is one of the few journalists actually living through the lockdown and is documenting the events. We are starving. We are starving, they yell. Zidane describes how one elderly woman was locked in her home for days without food. One community volunteer recording the home of an elderly woman. She says neighbors heard the 90-year-old shouting help for three days, pleading for food. Her fridge, empty. Volunteers were finally able to get her a meal. Zidane goes on to describe what it takes to actually get some food in Shanghai. Most of us spend our mornings trying to order groceries online, but orders sell out quickly. Not enough delivery drivers to get through the lockdown barriers. 
Communities like mine resorting to group buys. We come together in chat groups and try to source food directly from suppliers in bulk. Neighbors helping neighbors is a common theme across the city. We found a safe drop spot to trade. Cheese for oranges. Zidane says that frustration is mounting among the citizens of Shanghai. The uncertainty leaving this man broken, doing the unthinkable, questioning the leadership aloud, asking, where is the Communist Party? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a 15-week abortion ban into law. The move comes amid a growing conservative push to restrict abortion ahead of a U.S. Supreme Court decision that could limit access to the procedure nationwide. The new law also marked a significant blow to abortion access in the South, where Florida has provided wider access to the procedure than some of its regional neighbors. It does not allow for exemptions in cases where pregnancies were caused by rape, incest, or human trafficking. Under current law, Florida allows abortions up to 24 weeks. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the unborn must be protected. We are here today to defend those who can't defend themselves. DeSantis says the time is now to change the state's abortion ban from 24 to 15 weeks. This is a, uh, a time where these babies have beating hearts. They can move, they can taste, uh, they can see, they can feel pain, they can suck their thumbs, uh, and they have uh, brain waves. Florida gubernatorial candidate Charlie Crist took to Twitter to announce his opposition to the law, urging Democrats to vote in November to give Florida new leadership. Hi, it's Charlie Crist. Listen, Governor DeSantis just signed a bill taking away a woman's right to choose her own destiny. It's wrong, it's unconscionable, and it's probably unconstitutional. But here's the deal. We got an election on November the 8th that can change the leadership in Florida. I'm running to be your governor to protect your right to choose. I vetoed a bill when I was governor before trying to take away a woman's right to choose. I would do it again to protect your rights. I'm Charlie Chris, and I'm running for governor for you. God bless you. Meantime, the White House took a position on that bill through Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, saying women should have the right to seek an abortion. A constitutional right that Roe v. Wade reaffirmed nearly five, five decades ago, and the president again calls on Congress to act and send a bill to his desk to shut down these radical steps uh, being taken. Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration will work to protect women from laws like the one signed in Florida. The president believes in codifying Roe versus Wade. Wade. Uh, we, we do know that women's constitutional rights are under attack all across the country. A new poll shows Americans are deeply divided over how much children in K-12 schools should be taught about racism or sexuality. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has that story. A new AP NORC poll shows Americans lean slightly toward expanding, not cutting back, discussions of racism and sexuality. But roughly 4 in 10 say the current approach is about right. Republicans see the fight over school curriculum as a winning culture war issue. Parent Brian Wangenheim lives in California. No kids should be forced uh, to learn about anything 
if they don't want. Um, I think kids should be able to have more say in, in their education. The poll shows 50% of Americans say parents have too little influence on curriculum. I'm Ed Donahue. Inflation and your taxes. According to a report by the New York Post, inflation may push American families into a higher tax bracket. It's called bracket creep, which is CPA lingo for when taxpayers get pushed into higher brackets as governments fail to index income to account for inflation, therefore raising the percentage of total income they pay in taxes. Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform, joined the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss Tax Day, April 18, and the economy. When asked if the Biden administration is now requiring companies like PayPal to report transactions over $600 is a good idea, Norquist had this to say. What it will do is make it difficult for people because you'll have to keep so much paperwork. If you had a a snowmobile that you bought 15, 20 years ago and you sell it for $600, you send the government will get a notice saying that you got that. They'll want their $600 tax on your income. You've got to have kept the receipt to point out that you actually lost money or only made a few dollars on it. Uh, this is a, this is going to be millions and millions of uh, receipts that people have to, and paperwork, it's a huge problem. Norquist agrees that bracket creep is going to impact every American taxpayer. Well, when they say we're only going to, you know, charge this much, or uh, when you have to notice us, notify us if you have a six hundred dollar expenditure, well, that's one thing today. But twenty years from now, with inflation, it's a completely different project line. So, inflation is something that ends up taxing people as if they were rich because the dollars are inflated, and every time they inflate the currency, those taxes you were told you were protected by because it'll only affect the rich, well, after a while, that's you. We asked Norquist if he thinks the Fed will become more aggressive with rate hikes or if a recession is an inevitability at this point. Look, uh, if you raise rates in order to bring inflation down, it will slow economic growth. Uh, and if you don't do that, you'll get inflation. So on the one side, you could create a recession. On the other side, you create more inflation. Uh, Biden has put himself in a position where they're are no good answers. With the recent reports of Democrats eyeballing student loan debt forgiveness, Norquist says that it would be a tax on low-income families. It will teach younger people that when you sign a contract, it doesn't mean anything. It is a massive transfer of wealth from lower-income people who don't go to college, didn't have that opportunity, more than half the country, to the sons and daughters of people who could afford, uh, in many cases, to pay for their college. But took a student loan, and which they said they'd pay back, and then they don't. Uh, it is taxing the poor and giving the money to higher-income people. With the housing market being tight and the Fed eyeing more interest rate hikes, would Norquist recommend buying a home right now? Oh, dear. Well, if you could buy it before it goes up too much more, the challenge would be you probably don't want to buy it one, two, or three years from now. Norquist does say that investing in the stock market is always a good financial strategy long-term, in spite of inflation. The stock market's always a good place to be if you're thinking long-term, because long-term, the stock market gives you good uh, rates of return, and I would recommend investing continually in the stock market, even in good and bad times, uh, because over time, you'll realize 
over 10, 20, 30 years, um, yeah, you've gotten a good rate of return. Now, if you're trying to make money in the next five years, then you got to decide when to go in or not. With the 2022 midterm elections around the corner, Daybreak Insider asked Norquest how he would advise voters to try and influence primary candidates to focus on tax cuts and reducing spending. Well, you should make sure anybody who asks for your support has signed the Taxpayer Protection Pledge. Americans for Tax Reform shares that pledge with all state legislators, governors, congressmen, senators, presidents, uh, and the good ones sign the pledge, which is to the people of their state and to the nation, that they will oppose and vote against any and all tax increases. That's the best protection we have against tax and spend politics. Our special thank you to Grover Norquist for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. For more from Grover, visit ATR.org. And follow Grover Norquist on Twitter at Grover Norquist. Tesla CEO Elon Musk may be the new owner of Twitter soon. In the past 10 days, Musk has gone from popular Twitter contributor to the company's largest individual shareholder to a would-be owner of the social platform. If successful, Musk's ownership of the platform would dramatically change the service as Musk is a free speech absolutist. Twitter revealed in a securities filing Thursday that the billionaire has offered to buy the company outright for $43 billion, saying the social media platform needs to be transformed as a private company in order to build trust with users. In an AP interview, analyst Dan Ives at Wedbush says Musk's move to buy Twitter looks like something from the 1980s playbook of a corporate raider. There was a bit of back and forth with the board, went from friendly to now it's a hostile situation. And it's a get out the popcorn time because Musk is ultimately has a significant path to owning Twitter. Ives says Elon Musk's effort to buy Twitter has evolved from a friendly move to now a hostile takeover. This is really a playbook from 1980s corporate raider. That's what he's doing with Twitter. I mean, this is really what I believe is going to be the the first step into him ultimately owning Twitter after a soap opera plays out. Ives goes on to say that Musk's offer to buy Twitter is historic. Musk single-handedly trying to buy Twitter was not in anyone's playbook going in 2022. But because of the freedom of speech issue, and it's become a divisive area that Musk has now inserted himself in, he's trying, as the richest person in the world, to basically own Twitter. $43 billion, he's obviously the only person in the world that can have access to that type of money. And finally, Easter's message of renewal will be especially poignant this year for four U.S. congregations rebounding from disasters. Daybreak Insider's Walter Ratliff has that story. Easter's message of renewal will be especially poignant this year for four U.S. congregations rebounding from disasters over the past year. A tornado destroyed one church in Kentucky. A blaze gutted another in New York City. Hurricane Ida shattered a church when the storm hit the Louisiana coast. And the most destructive wildfire in Colorado history filled another with smoke and ash. For the pastors, Easter's promise of hope couldn't be more timely as their resilient congregations come to terms with what happened and prepare for what's next. I'm Walter Ratliff. 
Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.